It means yes me. It means yes anybody you see in the community that looks a little, I don't know if we had talked to that. I don't know if they would even come to church. I don't even know if, if they would fit in. I don't even know if they would get saved. But let me encourage you in this. As this holiday season comes up, for God so loved the world that he gave is the whole reason for the season. We think back to when he was born, and we think that's the reason for the season, and it is. But he was born only for this end, to die for us. For God so loved everybody you see. God so loved you that he gave everything he had that whosoever would just believe on him would be saved. And then that next scripture goes on to say, for he sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might have eternal life. So as we take these invitations and we pray over them, I encourage you in this. Pray that God will show you someone that you normally wouldn't even speak to, somebody that you might not feel comfortable around, and it might be because you might think they may not accept you, but show them that you accept them. Show them that God accepts them. Show them that you want them here, God wants them here, and then expect God to do the rest. Don't worry about whether or not they're going to receive it. Don't worry about whether or not they would come. You extend that invitation and let God do the rest, and he'll do the rest. Amen? Amen. Amen. Have you got your Bibles this morning? Well, I've said it before today, but aren't you glad to be in church today? Amen. Amen. Lift your Bibles up. Repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Bible. Every word in it is true. true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's word. It's his truth transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good to see you this morning. Johnny, it's good to see you, buddy. Wasn't trying to single you out, but I just did. <laughs> I love you, bud. I got to tell you a couple of jokes. I was in there working this morning, and one of the guys stuck his head in. He goes, wow, pastor's really in there working on his message. I had my hand up, and I was looking, and I always like to put jokes in here. I was trying to find a couple jokes to put in the message, so really had to focus, you know, get it right. <laughs> uh, there's a guy that's a bus driver, Jim, like you, guy that's a bus driver for uh, high school kids, and it was Christmas time, and the kids, some of the kids were giving him Christmas cards. And he was thinking, man, I must be a good driver. Even these kids are giving me Christmas cards. He opened up one of the cards, and this is what it said. Thanks for not killing us yet. We really appreciate it. (laughs) Uh, There was a little girl that climbed onto Santa's lap. Santa asked the usual question, and what would you like for Christmas? (laughs) The child stared up at him open-mouthed, and she was horrified. And then she said, didn't you get my email? (laughs) 
don't know if Santa was connected or not. I'm doing a one-off message today. A couple weeks ago, I was in my personal study time, and I was reading in Colossians. And as I was reading there, the Lord showed me some scriptures that carry on what I was talking about in the armor of God because of some of the language. And that's what we're going to talk about today. The title of my message today is Putting on Christmas. Colossians 3, verses 12 through 15 says this. It's the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Colossae. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, look at this word, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another, and forgiving one another. If anyone has a a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. But above all things, put on, everybody say put on, Love, which is the bond of perfection, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body. And then he says, and be thankful. The word that stuck out to me after just coming out of Ephesians, what was Paul telling us to do in the book of Ephesians? Put on what? The armor of God. And we spent four weeks talking about how we put on the armor of God. And it's interesting, as I was reading this, I go, this is the same language. Paul's telling the church at Colossae to put on these other things. So being the Greek scholar that I'm not, (laughs) I went to one of Trisha's books of her library, and I I found a book that has all the Greek understanding, and I really felt like I need to figure out what this word put on means. And so I went and looked up put on, and and in the Greek, put on is this. It's the Greek word in duo. Everybody say in duo. Really kind of a cool word, isn't it? What are you doing? I'm in duoing. Kids, when you get up in the morning, your mom says, hey, get ready for school. You say, I'm in duoing my clothes. You'll sound really smart. In duo means to sink into a garment. That's the Greek definition. In duo means to sink into a garment. And I want you to think about this. Sinking into a garment sounds different than just putting something on, doesn't it? I mean, when you sink into a garment, it's almost like you're becoming a part of that garment. You're sinking into it. How many of you have a nice, cushy bathrobe that you wear? Have you ever gotten out of the shower or the bathtub and and, and you were a little cold and you grabbed that that big, thick, you know, um, what do you call it? Terry cloth, yeah, and it's, it's nice and thick and warm. And you put that on and you go, ooh, that's sinking into a garment. That's not just throwing something on. It's becoming a part of you. So when Apostle Paul is talking to us about putting these things on, what he's really saying is put them on, but let them become a part of you. In other words, put on mercy. Let it become a part of you. Put on kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering. Put that on. Sink that. Let that become a part of who you are. Bear with one another and forgive one another if anyone has a complaint against another. And I love this. Paul says, even as Jesus forgave you, forgive other people. But above all these things, I love this, put on love. You know, Christmas is about love, isn't it? God so loved the world. Thank you, Trish, for sharing that. God loved the world so much that he gave the greatest gift of all, which is Jesus. But that real gift is love, isn't it? And Paul tells us that's the most important thing. I love this, and I highlighted it in your notes. Put on love, which is the bond of perfection. In other words, love is the glue that holds everything else together. Love makes the world go round. That was free, too. But 
Love is what holds everything together. I got this really, really neat text last night. I'm actually going over my notes again last night. And I got this text from my friend, my friend Jack. And he didn't know I was doing this sermon. He's not here today. He doesn't attend our church. But he sent me this text. And this is the summary of what it said. Jack said, I'm sure that my mom is smiling down from heaven today. Yesterday, I put on the handmade Santa suit that she made for me over 30 years ago. And I played Santa Claus in Cherokee Village for hundreds of kids. It was great. And I thought, wow, God, you're awesome. Because here I am studying about putting things on, and he sends me a text of something very precious to him. His mom handmade that Santa suit over 30 years ago. She's since gone home to be with the Lord, and here he is putting that suit on, and as he put it on, it became part of him, and he became Santa Claus for a little while to those hundreds of kids. He put it on. (laughs) I titled this message, Putting on Christmas, because this time of year, there's the outward appearance of Christmas everywhere. Everywhere. You know, here in a few days, when you come back to church next week, this stage will be decorated, and you can't go into any store or drive down any street right now without seeing lights and Christmas trees, and and everybody is putting on Christmas. Putting on Christmas. There's Christmas trees and decorations and lights and Christmas packages like this one that are everywhere that remind us that it's time for Christmas, time to put on Christmas. You know, number one in your notes says this. Paul talks about last week, like we did in our last series, Paul said, put on your armor. Then he says, but above all, put on love. Put on love, which holds everything together. Colossians 3.14 says, But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. The love of God in us is what holds things together perfectly. The perfect bond of love. Love is the glue that holds it together. You know, in Corinthians, Paul talks about that you you can prophesy and speak in tongues and you can do all these great things, but if you don't have love, it's like a clanging gong or a cymbal. It's just a bunch of noise. Love is what holds everything together. God's love for us and our love for each other. One of the great symbols of Christmas, really what much of the focus is on around Christmas, is gifts. Let me see, who likes to receive Christmas gifts? Let me see your hands, come on. Oh, come on. Are there some of you that really don't like to receive Christmas gifts? I'm going to ask one more time. How many of you like to receive Christmas gifts? Thank you, thank you. There's your honesty. I appreciate that. (laughs) Everybody loves to get gifts. We love to get them. You know, there's some interesting things about Christmas gifts, and I wanted to point them out to you today. Becky's got a picture up on the screen here of a Christmas gift. Notice there's the the big reindeer label on this gift. Monica made this gift for me here. I hope it's got something sweet in it for me. But anyway, there's this neat gift up here, and I want you to notice the reindeer label. Let's talk about labels for a minute. Let's talk about labels. I mean, how many of you remember as a kid? Probably still do, okay, even as, you're, as an adult. When you see Christmas tree, maybe it's your family's Christmas tree, you like to get up around the tree and, and you go look at the gifts and you're always looking for what on the, on the gift? To see if your name's on it. Thank you for your honesty. And as a little kid or an adult, you count how many gifts other people got and then compare them to how many you got, don't you? <laughs> Thank you for your honesty today. 
<laughs> I remember growing up, my, it was my brother and I, and going in there and counting gifts. One, two, three, four. Mom, Marcus got two more gifts than I did. And it never really mattered if you got the bicycle and the other kid got the Tonka truck or whatever. I mean, you, you wanted, it was about volume, wasn't it? It was really about, it was really about how many. <laughs> but the label was very important because the label is what identified whose gift it is. Because sometimes there were those gifts where the label fell off. Have you, have you got any of those? We actually have some gifts like that in our barn. We have had these gifts for years. The labels came off, so we just have this box of gifts. So if you get a gift from me and it's really dusty, it was in the barn. I'm just telling you right now. And I don't know what's in it. <laughs> so, you know, hopefully it's not pound cake or something. That would not be good. But packages, Christmas gifts have labels. And so do people. Number two, Christmas packages have labels, gifts have labels, and so do people. Now, some of the labels that we have as people, some of the labels are good and some of the labels are bad. As an example, this gift is Chris's gift. And on this gift, it says, to my favorite firebug. That's what this, this label is. As many of you know, I burned up pastures and I'm a firebug. So anyway, there's this gift right here that has my name on it. So some of these labels, they identify who they are. And some of the labels that we give each other are good, aren't they? Like for me, somebody might say, hey, Chris is, a, Chris is a husband. Chris is a father. Chris is a pastor. Those are some labels that I have. But some of the labels that we have are bad. Some of the labels that people give us are bad. Somebody, maybe in your life, somebody one time said you're stupid. And now you've got this label that hangs around your neck that says stupid on it. Or somebody maybe told you at some point in your life that you're worthless. And so your, your Christmas label says worthless on it. Somebody maybe told you that your label's adulterer. You know, one of the amazing stories in the Bible is, is the woman that was caught in adultery. And the whole village turned out. The, the religious people drug her into the middle of town. The Bible tells us she was caught in the very act of adultery and they drug her into the middle of town and she had that label on her, adulteress. And they drug her into the middle of town and threw her down in the dirt. Many scholars feel like she wasn't even clothed. She was absolutely, her sin was exposed to the world. The whole village was there, I'm sure. Jesus this woman was caught in adultery, the Bible tells us, in the very act. Moses' law says, stoner, what do you say? And I love the fact that Jesus knelt down in the dirt and started writing something. And we don't know exactly what he wrote. Some people feel like maybe it was the name of the girlfriends of the religious leaders. <laughs> Whatever it was. They began to drop their stones one at a time. Jesus says, he who is without sin cast the first stone. And they began to drop their stones and the Bible tells us they left, beginning with the eldest. And Jesus leaned down in the dirt with her and said, woman, where are your accusers? And she looked around and she said, nobody's here, Lord. And he said, neither do I accuse you. Go your way and sin no more. See, I want you to know something today. 
regardless of the label that people have put on you, regardless of the labels that you put on yourself, the only label that really matters is what Jesus says. Colossians, or excuse me, Galatians 3, 28 through 29 says this, There is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor female, those are all labels. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Jesus, if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and your heirs according to the promise. And here's the point. Being God's child, a Christian, is the only label that matters. What God says about you is what really matters. See, everybody in that town labeled her an adulteress. But when Jesus laid down, he forgave her. And, and, and she was who he said she was. What does God say about you? I'm going to tell you what he says. In his word, this is what God says about you. And remember, we hold up this Bible and say, what is, this is the Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am right? And I can do what it says I can do. So what does God's word say about me? Well, I don't have time to go into all of it today. I'm just going to give you a couple of things that God says about you. You are his masterpiece. You are a work of art. Some of you have been told you're a piece of work, (laughs) right? You know what God says about you? You're his masterpiece. You are handcrafted by the creator of the universe. Wow masterpiece you're his masterpiece you're a jewel you are loved God so loved the world you are loved you are worth everything to God he gave his son to redeem you to buy you back from slavery you are not the label that some have given you you need to accept God's label for you in your life a child of the king So what really your Christmas gift should say is princess of God, if you're a lady, you're prince of God, son of God, child of God, a masterpiece. That's who God says you are. Some of you need to stop believing the labels that others have put on you, and you need to believe what God says about you. You know, let me ask you this. You know, as neat as the wrapping is on some of these boxes Is that what's really important about a gift? What's important about a gift? Say what? What's on the inside? I mean, have you ever seen anybody or walked into their house and and maybe there's a, a wrapped up Christmas gift and it's unopened and it's like July and you're like, what's the gift? Isn't it beautiful? It's the prettiest wrapping ever and I didn't want to tear it up. Do people do that? No. What do they do? Rip it open. That's why if you ever get a gift to me, you'll probably see your gift through the wrapping because, you know, I'm not so much an expert. Whoever invented gift bags, that is from God. (laughs) Right? Come on, fellas. (laughs) And you know it was a dude, (laughs) don't you? There was some guy going, stupid gift. Aha, gift bag. You know, and he went and invented gift bags, and now (laughs) there's these gift bags, and all you got to do is duct tape the top, and you're good, man. I mean, you know, (laughs) just wrap that bad boy up. Gift bag. It's a word of advice, fellas. That also was free this morning. (laughs) But it's not about the wrapping on the outside. 
And to be real truthful, and I hate to break some of your bubbles, including my wife's, the perfection of the outside of the gift is really not what matters, is it? Because that three-year-old's going to tear that stuff up to get on the inside. Right? The wrapping's just to, to make it pretty. It's what on the, what's on the inside that counts. Number three, Christmas isn't about the outside. Christmas is about the inside. You know, it's the same with people, just like labels. It's the same with people. The outside can look good, but it's what's going on inside is what really, really counts, isn't it? What about you? Does your wrapping look good, but your heart's broken? On the outside, you're, you're the person when I walk up to you in church and I go, man, how's everything going? Great, pastor. It's going great. You know, it's going great. And you're, and you're mustering yourself up to say that because on the outside, you want your package to look good, but on the inside, maybe your heart's breaking. Or, or your friends, you know, they come up to you and how's everything going? It's going great, couldn't be better. And on the inside, your heart's breaking. Maybe you're dealing with challenges at home or at work or whatever, fill in the blank. The package looks good. But the inside is falling apart. I want you to think about that today. What's going on inside of here? You know, Matthew 23, 27, Jesus was talking about to the religious guys. And here's what he had to say about the religious people of his day. He says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful on the outside, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Look good on the outside, but inside is death. 1 Samuel 16, 7 says this, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look at his outward appearance. He was talking about Saul. Do not look at his outward appearance or at his physical stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. You know, I don't know if you've ever noticed this when you've read the New Testament. I really encourage you to read your Bible. There's some good things in it. So you ought to take that up if you're not doing it. <laughs> but if you've ever, you'll notice something really interesting in, in the New Testament, in the Gospels. If you read about Jesus, many times people would ask Jesus a question and he would answer, in a total, he would answer something that wasn't even related to their question. So Jesus, they would ask thus and such, and, and Jesus would say, well, let's talk about this. Because Jesus sees the root of the problem. In other words, Jesus sees the heart. He sees what's going on inside of us. But here's the good news about that. Jesus wants to help and fix our heart. And not only does he want to help, he can do something about it. Romans 6.23 says this, For the wages of sin is death, but listen to this, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Think about that for a minute. In our example of gifts, is there something in here that's going to blow up? Or is there a cat or something in here? Look and see. Oh, 
It's a pretty pink cupcake. <laughs> Do I look like I need a cupcake, Monica? That's just all I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. One Twinkie. Yeah, no Twinkies. That's right. Well, the good news is if you have a Twinkie, hold on to it because it'll be worth like millions and it'll last forever. So, you know, <laughs> never run out. <laughs> the gift... The gift of God to you is eternal life. The wages of sin is death. But God says, no, not for you. Take this gift. And he gives you a gift. And that gift is eternal life. The gift that God gives you is freedom. The gift that God gives you is peace. The gift that God gives you is love. The gift that God gives you, who doesn't want this gift? But you know why a lot of people don't want to have anything to do with God? Because they've never really met him. They've never met him. Because I, can, I can't imagine if I was here today and I was listening to this and, and I don't really know God and, and, and what I'm hearing you say is, wait a minute, my life's not going well I've got sin in my life and I'm miserable. And you're telling me that God loved me so much that he gave this free gift of his son and this free gift culminates in eternal life? And it's free? Wow, that's pretty good news, isn't it? But there's, there is a catch. There's a catch. God has given the greatest gift but you have to open it. You have to receive it. Nobody can open your gift for you. Grandma can't do it. Pookie and them can't do it. You have to open your own gift. You have to receive your gift. You, know, you remember Christmas morning. Maybe you've been waiting for this special gift. You've posted it everywhere. You gave notes to your mom and dad and grandparents that you wanted this bicycle or, or Tonka toy or whatever it was. But you know what? If you don't unwrap it, it doesn't do you any good. And some of you, maybe the reason your life is so hard and the challenges that you've been facing is God has given you this gift, but you've never received it. We're going to give you that opportunity today to receive the free gift that has your name on it. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Christmas. What an awesome time of the year, Lord, that, that we get to feel your presence everywhere we go. And people have smiles on their faces. And, but there are some people that they're putting on Christmas. They may look like they're good on the outside, but they're broken on the inside. They're hurting on the inside. There, there are those people here today, Lord, that they know about you, but they don't know you, and they've never received this gift of eternal life. They've never received the gift of salvation, which is the greatest gift of all. If you're here today and you're honest, I want you to understand this is between you and God. Don't worry about the people around you. This is about you. 
Examine your heart today. Have you ever received Jesus as your Savior? Have you accepted this free gift? If you're here today and you've never done that, but you want to receive the free gift, this gift of love and salvation and hope and peace and life, if you want to receive that today, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me, Pastor. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian. But you've bought into these labels that people have put on you. You know God. You've received Jesus as your Savior. But you're, you're hurting right now. You're walking in pain. And you need God to touch you. You need him to meet you at the point of your need. He loves you so much. And I want you to hear this. And I hope you never get tired of it. God is not mad at you. He loves you. He wants you to come home. He knows what you've done. He knows where you've been. And just like that woman caught in adultery, he wants to lean down and help you and give you a new label. So if you're here today and you're hurting and you need help, slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. look up here for a minute I believe that what we're talking about doing on December 23rd is a God idea it's not just a good idea it's a God idea and I believe that as you pray about maybe some people in your neighborhood or people you work with or students people at school or wherever you know somebody that needs this gift I want you to pray about that and then I want you to come back and I want you to take an invitation and I am charging you with this. I want you to find somebody and you get them here on December 23rd because I believe they're gonna experience the love of God in a tangible way and the greatest gift you can give somebody is not a million dollars. It's life. Do you remember when you were lost? Money couldn't buy that freedom. Money can't buy you peace. All the bicycles in the world can't buy you peace. But Jesus gives all of that we need. Amen? Let's stand this morning. Thank you, Lord. Father, we thank you today for Christmas and Lord as we put on our Christmas this year help us to see those around us that are hurting and Lord I pray right now begin to pray for the hearts of those that we're going to invite to come right now there are hearts and lives and families that are going to be changed Lord and I pray that you prepare their hearts and Lord help us give us wisdom to know who to invite who needs you. 
And Father, I thank you today for all these folks that know you. Lord, I just pray that you would touch them and love them, be with them. Father, as we leave this place, help us to remember that we're your hands and that we're your feet. And be with us. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. All right, now listen to me. I want you, before you leave today, tell five people Merry Christmas. And I want you to tell them that God's greatest gift is Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you go.